Welcome to the YouTube Creators Hub podcast, where we help you conquer the internet one video at a time. We cover everything from how to start a YouTube channel to how to make a video go viral. And now, here's your host, the one and only Dusty Porter. Hello there, everyone. Welcome back to the YouTube Creators Hub podcast. Dusty here, the host of the show. It is Wednesday, January 22nd, 2020. Uh, as I mentioned, this is episode 195. I got another great interview coming at you today. Uh, I would like to say a huge shout out to all of the patrons over on patreon.com. Uh, and you can find the link to that down below. If you want access to our private Discord area where you can share your videos, get feedback on your channel, and just be a part of a group of like-minded individuals who love on each other, care about each other, and try to see each other's channels improve, that is the place to go. Uh, if you pledge at the $5 tier or higher, you get a BTS or behind-the-scenes video podcast from me every single month, a couple of them a month, actually, where I talk about the, the different things I'm doing to make money on YouTube, some different strategies that I'm implementing on my channel, and just some kind of personal stuff about what's going on in my life that may be affecting my online business, specifically around the YouTube side of things. Also, the fine folks over at TubeBuddy, as always, are bringing this podcast to you. If you don't know what TubeBuddy is, what's wrong with you? Check out that tool down below. They get a free browser plugin for all of the browsers out there, as well as a mobile app for both iOS and Android. Please do yourself a favor, go check them out. You will not regret it. Huge shout out and thank you to Lorelai uh, C, uh, Sparkles S, um, Timothy T, Lindsay S, and Jose R. All of you are new patrons since last week. I appreciate all of you. If you are a current or a past patron, it doesn't matter. I really do appreciate that. And speaking of appreciation, if you want to help this show out, help this show grow, go over to wherever you listen to the podcast and slap that subscribe button. That way, every Wednesday when we go live with a new episode, a new interview with a great and awesome creator, you will be notified. Uh, and that lets the algorithm know that, hey, there are people who are interested in this show so much, they're going to subscribe to it and get notified every time a new, a new episode goes up on the feed. So for that, I really do sincerely appreciate all of you and what you mean to this show. We've got bigger and better things. We've got episode 200 coming up in about just over a month. Really fun stuff planned for the show, and you need to make sure that you're a part of it by hitting that subscribe button. Thank you guys so much. Now, when I interview guests, uh, when I interview YouTube creators, I go through a process where I do some research on the channel or I get a recommendation from a creator that I trust. And then I do a little bit of reconnaissance, a little, a bit of what I call online stalking. And I watch the videos. I go to their channel. I kind of look at what they have going on. I go to their website, whatever it may be. Oftentimes, there are so many things that I learned from these interviews from these creators. But very, very few times have I felt this inspired and this motivated as I have uh, by checking out this creator that I interviewed today. Um, Joe from the Footless Joe channel that I'm about to introduce here in just a few seconds um, is an amputee. Um, and she tells her story briefly on the podcast here and talks about her journey on YouTube to over 120 some odd thousand subscribers, hundred millions of video views, and such a great community over on her YouTube channel. Uh, if you're someone going through something tough, if you're you know going through like all of us do at some stages of our life, this uh, individual, this creator, she is just so wonderful when it comes to helping you kind of get out of that rut and get motivated. So without any further ado, let's jump into this week's conversation. 
Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's conversation on the YouTube Creators Hub podcast. I'm super stoked about this week's guest. Um, Footless Joe is the name of her YouTube channel, um, and she is a Colorado girl tackling the new life of being a below-the-knee amputee. You can follow her journey from before surgery to the present date on her YouTube channel, as I just mentioned before, Footless Joe, J-O, as she talks about this massive life change, all the ups and downs, and be a part of this new adventure as she discovers what life looks like this side of amputation. Joe, how are you doing today? I'm doing wonderful. I really appreciate you having me on. This is great. No, I, I'm just so intrigued with, number one, you encourage me, uh, you motivate me with your content. Oh, thank you. Uh, there's a lot of, of different people on, on the internet who, who you know, think they're putting out motivational content, but at the end of the day, it's, it's just a sales pitch. But for you, it, yes. it, it really <laughs> is something that is at the core of your content. So before I step on too many people's toes on the internet here, let's go and talk about your journey. So you got a channel. Footless Joe, um, and it is about your journey as a below-the-knee amputee. So if you would start from the beginning for my audience, like what what happened and then how did you end up transitioning to start creating content on YouTube? Yeah, so it's kind of, um, I'll make a long story short. With my leg in particular, I, I broke it horseback riding when I was a kid. I was 13. I was, you know, having fun on a horse on a trail ride and the, the horse stumbled. I fell hard and it led to 14 years of surgeries and surgeries and surgeries. And I, I, I didn't have really any quality of life by the time I was about 27. I could barely walk. I was on a ton of painkillers, pain medication, and still having more surgeries where there wasn't any hope of it getting better. It was just like, okay, what, you know, what's the next thing we can do to maybe make it not quite as horrible. Um, and I'm a very active person. I love doing stuff. I've uh, fought in mixed martial arts. I do jujitsu. We hike all the time. I've got three dogs. And so, um, so I was very, very dark place and it was, suggested to me years before that eventually my ankle would get to a point where I'd have to start considering amputation. But that was originally pitched to me at like, you know, age 70, uh, not 27. But I began thinking about it a little bit more seriously. And then a doctor suggested it. And I was like, you know what, that sounds like it might be something I need to actually start thinking about. And that's the kind of I mean, that's the kind of decision I still can kind of not, even though I've made the decision, I still can't fully comprehend making it. It's a bizarre situation to be in, to have to be like, do I want to keep a part of my body or do I want to have someone cut it off at the hope of a better life? And so when I was in that position, um, realizing that I was really starting to think over this and make this decision, I started talking to a camera. So I would, uh, it really wasn't initially made for the intention of anyone else to see necessarily. I'd gone through previous experiences in my life, you know, previous trauma. And I had another smaller YouTube channel, which is still active called trauma talk. And I'd realized through that, that it was really healing for me to try to put my experiences into words that made sense to other people. And then suddenly, you know, things would start making a little bit more sense to me. And I wondered if the same thing would kind of happen trying to figure out this bizarre decision. And so I would sit, I would sit in my room and I would turn on a camera and I would talk through whatever I was thinking about that day. I would talk through the fact that I was heading up to see a doctor, you know, with my family that day. And we were going to talk about literally making this decision and the pros and the cons. And then I would talk, you know, the next day about how, how people have such uh, opinionated views and everyone was telling me what I should do and how do I keep my head clear about what I actually want and just all of that. And it was really, 
self-reflection to a large extent, but I was still trying to make it make sense, you know, in a cohesive form, not just rambling at a camera. And eventually I made the decision to, to go through with the amputation. It was the best decision for me, for my life and for my family. And when we actually had that scheduled, I think it was about a day before I actually went in for surgery, I published those videos. And my thought with that was like, I legitimately thought maybe two people in the entire world would ever be in a similar position. And if that was the case, maybe they would stumble across these videos and it would help them feel less alone or help them, um, you know, go through their own thought process with it. And I was very, very naive in thinking that, um, you know, a lot more people face this, this kind of decision than I thought. And as I, you know, continued as, as I had my amputation and I went through, recovery and a lot of complications. I kept making videos. It was a great distraction from uh, the reality of life because that was hard as hard as I'll get out. And um, it kind of grew from there. So with all of that being said, I just I just want to ask you, what has it been like knowing that your con that your content that you're creating has impacted other people who are going through the journey that you're going through? Because I think that when we go through something that could affect us mentally and in your case, physically as well, yeah. to, to know that we're not alone is extremely critical, is extremely important. How do you think that yeah. your YouTube channel has been able to kind of encapsulate that? And then how does that made you feel? I, I think that's a great question because it hits on um, the core of what I've always wanted to do as I've continued growing this, like I said, I, I've gone through some, you know, I think we all have, we've all gone through some pretty dark things in our lives. And I think the worst part about anything I've ever experienced was that feeling of being alone or isolated, or I'm the only one experiencing this, or I'm the only one feeling it, or no one understands. I think those are sometimes the, the worst and most dangerous places to get to. And they're not true. I don't think those, those thoughts or statements are ever true because we're never really alone. The world's a huge place. There are so many people to connect with. There are so many people who've gone through similar things or, or who are at least willing to listen. And um, I, I found people who have done that for me, who have helped me feel less alone, who have connected with my story. And I want to do that for other people because um, because we don't have to feel like we don't have to feel that way. I think it's heartbreaking when someone feels like they're the only person in the world, you know, experiencing fill in the blank. And if I can help to fill that gap, um, that's a huge honor and something I'd really like to work to do. It, it became really real for me. I went to, um, I went to an amputee coalition conference. It happens once a year and it was down in Texas a few months ago. And I, I, a couple people recognized me there just cause I'm, you know, in the amputee community. And one guy came up to me and said that your videos were the reason that I, <laughs> your videos were the reason I actually went through with my amputation. And I'm so glad I did because I have such a better quality of life. And that was such a bizarre thing to hear to realize that I actually had um, real, real influence on someone and really helped them feel a little bit less alone. And I'm really grateful for that. And I think it's it's really more humbling than anything. And it's a uh, privilege and something I would like to always use very, very carefully. <laughs> how, how about you? Like on your end of things, how has it made you feel has it give you comfort at all to see these comments come in, to see these people that are kind of going through what you're going through to kind of give you a sense of, 
okay, yeah, I'm saying it in all of these videos, but it's true. Like, I'm not alone. Like, there are other amputees out there. There are other people that are going through the struggles that, that I'm going through. Like, has that kind of helped you in any shape or form? Oh, absolutely. I think that's the flip side of it is that that people have done that for me in the process of this to a level that I could never have imagined. And I am so crazy thankful for, I mean, like people actually cared, like people would continue to show up, um, you know, on my videos and check in on me and share their stories and what they were going through. And it's not just about, it's really not just about amputation or losing a limb. I'd say that's probably like maybe 5% of my viewership. Um, it's really people who have experienced rough things, people who are going through mental health challenges or who, you know, feel alone or isolated or are facing something that they don't know how to deal with or who experienced a, a major loss. And it's, it's hard to ever get to a place where I feel alone when I can come back and that community is there to connect with. Um, so yes, I, I the answer is a, a resounding yes. So let's talk about the YouTube side of things because I think I would, yeah. I would do you a uh, just a grave disjustice if I just talked about your your circumstance because I feel like there's so much more to what you're doing than just that, right? Sure. So thank you. With, yeah. With all of that being said, let's talk about YouTube. Did you have any experience with video production, uh, any type of content creation before you dove into the Footless Joe YouTube channel? Because at this point, I mean, you've grown the thing to over. 120,000 subscribers, hundreds of thousands of video views. So with all of that being said, did you have any experience going in? Yes and um, yes and no. So uh, about a year before this, uh, about a year before I started Fuller's Show, I started a channel called Trauma Talk where um, I had my iPhone. Eventually, I bought like a thirty dollar plug in mic and I set it up on like a on like books, you know, a uh, very very basic beginner setup. And uh, I, edited, I edited videos in iMovie and it was really just about getting a message out there. I look at those videos now and I'm like, wow, the um, I've, I've learned a lot since then, I'll just say. So I had some experience sort of playing around with it, but I've never taken classes or courses or anything like that. And um, when I started Footless Joe, I was still in that position of like uh, just using my phone and like I'd gotten a little, you know, like like $20 off of Amazon tripod and my husband had gifted me some like really cheap lights and I started playing around with it more because it was like fun. The video production side of things was fun. And then as, as, as I was recovering from surgery, I was able to get um, uh, an actual camera and then I started learning Final Cut Pro and it's just fun. I've just really enjoyed playing around with it. But I think I know a lot of the people who listen to this podcast probably are, you know, video creators and are into it. And I'm sure that this is something other people say, but I mean, the, 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 the editing and the camera equipment is so secondary to actually creating something that you're happy with and proud of and like getting a message out there. Like I'd still be doing exactly what I'm doing now uh, if, if it was all on, you know, my iPhone 6 still. Yeah, the barrier to entry is definitely no longer there. Uh, there are, mm -hmm. <laughs> I say this, it seems like every week, and, and people, you're right, have given me this answer before. It's one of those things to where it's like, yeah, you, you can't give me the excuse that it's too expensive or it's too yeah. complicated because that's just not the case anymore. So uh, to, hear, yeah. to hear you say that, hopefully will give some hope to those people who just don't have that you know, information or, or don't have experience per se. Um, yeah. Let's talk about YouTube as a business. I mean, the channel yeah. that I just mentioned, 
is, is, is growing to be quite large. Uh, you have had uh, some great success with the channel. So what are you doing and what are you hope to do or hope, what are you hoping to do uh, as far as making money and, and, and as far as the business side of things? So what are you doing to currently make money on YouTube and what do you hope to do in the future to make money on YouTube? Yeah. So what I'm doing right now, um, when I started out, I had like no intention at all of ever making any money with YouTube. I thought actually making it into a career or making it, you know, sustainable. I was like, I'm just not that person. You know, that was just not my mindset. And then I had a really good friend of mine be like, no, you, you have something here if you want it. Like if you want to pursue this, you know, do it. And it kind of put it in the back of my head. I was like, Oh, okay. And so, um, later that day I monetized my channel. Cause it was like at the point where I could do that. And I thought I'd make like two cents off of it. Right. But it was a little bit more than that. And then as my channel, you know, gained steam, I make money as many people on YouTube off of AdSense, but obviously that's very, it's very variable and inconsistent. And so I also do work with brands. Um, I've worked with a number of them that I really like and appreciate, but I'm pretty particular. Um, so I don't do a ton of brand deals. And then I've also created uh, a few different um, lines of, of merch with like art that I, I'm, I'm, I'm an artist as well. And so I've done that. And then I also do public speaking. And I think a lot of what I do with YouTube feeds into that. And so those are the primary sources that I have right now. Yeah, I assume that the YouTube, and I know from other avenues of revenue that I have, the YouTube obviously is, with the AdSense, is not the, the great deal as far as, you know, bringing a whole bunch of money in that way. No. But it yeah. could bring you new clients. It could bring you new people who have found your, your videos. And so YouTube yeah. is kind of at the center of all of it, you know, although it's not what I'm using to make all of my income, if that makes any sense. That makes perfect sense. The same here. Exactly. It's it's a great opportunity, and I'm grateful for, you know, the AdSense money that does come in, but that's... that's that's more, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's not a lot and it's inconsistent. So I'm trying to build a business that I actually do have control over outside of that. Sure. And let me ask you this, like, do you have ambitions now to possibly do this full time to where you take footless Joe and you make it kind of your primary source of income, obviously not with the ad revenue, but with some sort of money making from the YouTube channel? Oh, very much so. I think the um, the the problem that I run into there is that this has always been a huge um, source of it's what I I'm so passionate about it, and it's very therapeutic for me to be able to do. I see it in a weird way as like a mission is like the wrong word, but and ministry is the wrong word as well. But I really want to be able to help people and connect with people and all of that, and so. I'm in the process of trying to figure out what it actually looks like to make it a business and to keep those things authentic and real. Um, like how do I stay myself while also really keeping consistent income coming out of this? You know, how do I commit to it full time while also keeping my message exactly what I want it to be? Um, that's sort of a delicate balancing act for me and one that I'm still trying to figure out how exactly I should make it work, but very much so. Um, this is what I love to do combined with public speaking and writing, and I think those things go together very well, and that is what I am very actively pursuing. 
That's awesome. I, I love that. It's such a cool to so cool to hear you say that because I, I want you to keep making the stuff that you're making. Now, <laughs> Thank you. let me ask you this: like the the community, the amputee community. Like when yeah. you when you started putting yourself out there, explain that process of like how uh, how they you know I assume welcomed you with open arms, and and now you are in these communities that are in like minded you know like circumstances than you. And so, how has that been to be a part of that on YouTube? Yeah, I think, you know, that's, that's an interesting question because for a while I really, I almost feel like there's this disconnect because I, I very much put myself into the online amputee community. I created a large portion of the online amputee community by doing this, but at the same time, it was very difficult for me to actually identify and engage that way because the transition between being somewhat able-bodied, um, at least I looked like I was, and having a very physical difference that people could see, being an amputee, like that's a weird transition to go through. And to actually identify with a new community of people who, by the way, are fantastic people and incredibly supportive. And I mean, it's 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 great, but it's been really hard to actually um, want to engage. And that's something that I've worked on over the last you know year and a half. And I've gotten to a place where, where I very much am a part of both online and in real life parts of the amputee community. But um, one thing that I did do in my initial research was I tried to watch as many YouTube videos as I could before my amputation and also find Facebook groups. And I'll tell you, you know, like the Facebook groups were so incredibly helpful because people are sharing their, you know, their experiences, their information, and they're, you know, commenting. But there wasn't a lot of uh, there wasn't a lot of good information or updated information or real people stories on being an amputee and what that actually was like beyond like a super motivational uh, talk, you know, about they've overcome everything. And I was like, I'm just going into this. I want to know what it's actually going to be like. And so I kind of wanted to create what I needed as I went into it. Um, so it's been uh, I think it's been a lot of different, a lot of different things trying to both build and become a part of this community. What is something, Joe, that you wish someone would have told you when you first started out? With YouTube specifically? Yes. Yeah. Um, I think something that I've had to learn over and over again, and I, I wish that more people would say it, is how addicting numbers can get. Um, it's very, I think it's very easy for people who start a YouTube channel and do it, you know, out of passion and out of something that they really want to talk about and they're excited about and they want to grow their channel and, and all of that, which is me, um, which is how I started. I had no intention of ever doing anything more with it necessarily. And then, and then it became that it's so easy it's so flipping easy to get focused on numbers and growth and subscribers and views. And that will take you off course faster than anything. If you put, at least for me, that'll take me off course faster than anything. If I put too much of my um, attention there. And I think, I think authenticity is so, 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 so very important. And in, um, I, I consume so much how to, you know, YouTube content. I think it's fantastic. I really appreciate people like yourself who are out there, um, you know, helping YouTube creators grow and how to figure out what they're doing and, and how to do it. But I think it's so important, um, for the longevity of your own mental health and your channel and the message that you're putting out there, whatever that is to, 
focus primarily on making sure that you stand behind what you're saying and that you're happy about it and that you're still enjoying it and and everything else comes secondary because numbers and statistics and all of that can be great. They're fun. It's neat to see them grow. It's neat to work it like to work on it and focus on it and want it to grow. But if that becomes your only focus, I find that things fall apart. And um, that is something I wish I would have known a little bit sooner because there was a while there where I got Lost is the wrong word, but it definitely got me very frustrated where I didn't need to be. And as soon as I kind of dropped that and was like, you know what, I'm just going to focus on what I, what I'm here for. Everything else fell back into line anyways. And I just, you know, wasted that frustration. Well, uh, number one, it's it's good to hear you say that about how-to content. It gives me a little bit of job security yeah. per se. Uh, but uh, but no, I, I consume a ton of how-to content as well. It's great that it's out there mm-hmm. as a free resource. Um, yeah, oh, it's, yeah, it's funny how we can get caught up in numbers, and a lot of these numbers are like I always say, they're vanity numbers that you know at the end yeah. of the day really don't have much merit to them, other than the fact that yes, they're to be shown in the public. But I mean, other yeah. than that, it really doesn't matter how many subs you have. I know people with you know under five k subs that are making over six figures just on YouTube. And so, you know, those numbers really don't matter that much. And once people understand that, you know, that they're, they're, they're not as beneficial or not as telling as you may think that they are. Um, I think the, the, the better they'll be, the better they'll be off. Um, now I I think that's, um, I don't mean to interrupt you, but do you mind if I add one more thing on that? Absolutely. Go ahead. I appreciate that, Dusty. Um, so, so something I've, I've noticed lately, I've also joined another social media platform called TikTok, um, which is, Uh-oh. it's funny. It's a funny little world. I really enjoy it. I've enjoyed learning about it. But there's um, obviously such a, there's it's a younger audience. And so there's a very, very heavy emphasis on like, make this go viral and like, you know, the attention and the numbers and all of that. And I've thought about it with my own journey because I've had a number of videos that have gone well over a million views. I've had a number of videos that have gone viral on a number of different platforms. And thinking about the effect that that has had on my actual life is so minimal. Like that has not improved my mental health. That has not improved my quality of life. That's been a cool moment to have and that's literally it. Um, I think if we focus all of our attention on those things, we, you know, we kind of we kind of miss the mark. It's fun, but I, I think that's that's that might be all it is if we're not focusing on what's underneath it. Absolutely. And you know, it's super cool to have videos that do well oh, yeah. and, and you want your channel to do well. I'll never forget the yeah, first it's time so fun. one of my videos reached a million, uh, a million views. I was so stoked. Oh, yeah. I told everybody that I possibly could. Of course. And, you know, a, a million views also sounds a whole lot. It sounds a whole lot more than it probably really is, you know, when you, when you, when you think about it, but, uh, but no, it's, it's, it's awesome that, that you say all of that. Um, are there any YouTube tools that you use, whether it be software, hardware, internet, that resource that you just could not live without on a weekly basis? Yeah. So I really like vidIQ. It's a plugin that I've used for a while now. It just makes things a lot simpler. Um, I, I really appreciate the statistics that it gives and it'll give, you know, a percentage of uh, likes on any video you see. You can see keywords for any video that you're looking at, you know, for other people. It's great for research and, you know, comps and things like that. That would be one um, specific to YouTube that I use all the time. And then for, you know, for video creation, I just use Final Cut Pro and Canva, and then I'll also use Photoshop sometimes. So I'm pretty, um, I'm pretty slim with the tools that I use. I could probably, I could probably use more things. No, you, you, you're like me. You, 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 yeah. you may not be like me, but I, I always see the newest, latest, greatest thing. And I'm like, oh, I got to do it. I got to have it. I got to have it. When in reality, yeah. that's not the case. It ends up being more of a distraction than it is an actual help. 
Um, exactly. And so, so I end up dropping it. <laughs> yeah, that's that's kind of uh, that's kind of where I am. So um, I will say this though, I I think that on on YouTube, you're right. People do get caught up in the numbers, and I think that a lot of that is because that's all they're taught. That's all they know is that numbers yeah. is kind of what justifies or our numbers are what kind of show that you're successful. And that's just, you know, unfortunately we know that that's not the case. Um, and so, you know, with, with all of that being, being the case, it's so good to hear someone like you come on here and say that, that, that to be the case. So, um, all right. Now let me ask you this. What are, what are your goals? Like, what are you, what are you hoping to do? Like, what are your short-term and long-term goals for your YouTube channel? That's a hard question for me at the moment because I've been, really thinking about that I at the beginning of the year you know it, it's we're uh, shortly into 2020 and so at the beginning of the year I tried to set specific metrics and things that I, I wanted to do and then I realized again this is just for me that I was kind of getting lost in it again getting lost in like you know numbers and things like that so my my specific goals are to um, get more adventurous with the content that I'm doing and connect with more people I spend a lot of time um, just because of the nature of the last year and a half of my life having a number of surgeries and dealing with physical changes has been like spent indoors alone um, and so I wanted to collaborate with more people and bring more people in and go do more things and kind of have um, be more adventurous with what I create. And then also uh, the biggest goal that I have that I actually have written down is to not, is for my primary concern, not to be what other people think about what I create, but to be, um, but to be adventurous and proud about what I create. And that's really the biggest goal that I have for my channel. And And along with that is really focusing on engaging back with the people who are engaging with me on, on commenting back to people like my community. Cause those are the people who are supporting me and keeping my channel alive and giving me their time and their attention, which is incredible. And I want to spend time actually replying to them as much as I can. Sometimes it's hard to find time to do that as much as I would like to. Um, but that is a goal that I have moving forward is, is to really focus on that. What does a typical day look like? for Joe and working on the Footless Joe channel as well as just you and your personal life. What what is what is what does a day look like? Like start us from the morning all the way until you go to bed at night. What does it look like for you? Yeah, so I um I work a, a, a quote unquote normal job as well, but it's not quite full time because of uh, the health restrictions that I have. I deal with some chronic illnesses as well, along with my amputation. So I usually work like four to five hours a day, you know, sitting at a computer doing computer work for that. And then um, because that's flexible, I, I will generally end up editing for like an hour or two or filming, you know, for an hour or two, depending on the day. And, um, it's all, it, it all varies in timing, depending on how my body is physically feeling, uh, you know, if I have a migraine or how my leg is doing, you know, fill in the blank, but I'm usually working from like, mm, I'd probably say like 8am to 6pm most days. And, um, I've, I've been trying to just spend time also, um, maybe like half an hour a day doing outreach to like brands and organizations I'd like to speak at, which is a new thing I'm incorporating. And so that's kind of a, a new piece of my day that I'm doing at the, at the end of every day, but it's all, it's all very flexible and scattered about, but it's usually about five hours of, uh, of a normal job and probably two to three hours of, you know, YouTube footless Joe work. And, you know, I'll be honest, that probably ends up being a lot more uh, on the weekends. It's like, it's like all day. <laughs> 
I yeah, mean, you know, you know how it goes. I, I'm, uh, I, I do. It's, I, it's creative, you know. I love it, and so it's as much time as I can spend on it. Yes, absolutely. Um, and in closing, I want to give you this opportunity to speak to those people who, you know, not just have, you know, are going through amputation or kind of what you're going through physically in your circumstance, but just altogether people who are dealing with a difficult situation. What, what is the message that, that you share on your channel and what would you like to share here? Yeah. Um, I think the most important thing that I've learned through anything that I've gone through and I learn it over and over and over again is, finding community, finding a way to reinforce the fact that you're not alone, because I I promise you, you are not in what you're facing, whether that's loss or trauma or um, fill in the blank. You are not the only person experiencing the things you're experiencing. You're not the only person thinking what you're thinking. You're not weird or messed up or broken for feeling that way. And to find people who have experienced similar things and are trying to trying to get through it as well, uh, or to find people who will sit and listen, to find people who will you know support you, um, find resources to help you get through that because there is a way. I've been at so many places in my life where I was pretty darn convinced that there was you know there was no way to get through something, and there always is. Um, and I think one of the most important things to remember is that you you truly are not ever alone, no matter how much you feel that way. And that would be something I would uh, so like to say to anyone who is listening. Absolutely. As I mentioned at the top, I I do. I love your message. I love what you're sharing on on your channel. And I I just, I can't wait to see kind of what you're going to continue to do. Now, speaking of your channel, would you please let my audience know where to get in touch with you on the internet and where to find you? Yes, absolutely. So my YouTube channel, as we've talked about, is called Footless Joe, uh, Footless Space Joe. And that is footless as in I'm missing a foot, not foot loose, as many people uh, often mistake it for. And uh, same on on Instagram and TikTok and Twitter. You can find me uh, under that handle. Well, it is Footless Joe, J-O, as she just mentioned. All of the pertinent links will be down below in the uh, show notes of this podcast. Thank you all for listening again. And until next week, we'll talk to you next time. Thank you so much. You've been listening to the YouTube Creators Podcast. We want to thank you and invite you to subscribe to the show, as well as support us on Patreon for great perks, such as having your YouTube channel featured on the show and a link on our website. Until next time, keep uploading those videos. Videos.